Love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. What lies do you believe about love? I'm Zara Hairston, an author and relationship coach who helps mistreated women struggling with toxic attachments to set boundaries in unhealthy areas so they can maintain their personalized emotional growth goals. Welcome to my podcast, What Kind of Love Is This?, where I uncover common deceptions that lead us to accept what isn't even love. Brought to you by ZaraHairston.com. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling or therapy. It is intended for informational purposes only. Hey, Truth Tribe. Did you live and love in the whole truth and nothing but the truth since we last talked? Well, welcome back to a new week where you can find motivation to try again if that was not the case or move forward stronger if it was the case that is if you're a part of this truth tribe please visit my shop at zarahairston.com shop or find the link in the description to order some of my truth tribe apparel it's so dope and your purchase supports my free content so pause this episode and shop now or remember to shop the store when you finish this episode now the lie we're going to deal with in this episode is i'm fine everything's okay and i wrote this really really dope story i want to share to help you visualize what it looks like for someone to say they're fine when they're right on the verge of falling victim to the bait of Satan. Go back and listen to episode four if you have not already, because it really sets the foundation of this podcast. And I think it's important for you to understand what I mean by the bait of Satan. I don't want to explain that all over again. So please go back and listen to episode four. It's important for us to realize the kingdom of darkness gets noticed about those things we do not address and devises a plan on how to get us using that very thing we don't address. I want you to listen and think about how this plays out in the main character's life. And again, it's a a short story. It's not really long, but I wrote it to go deeper than just what it ends up being in the end, which is why I ended it how I ended it without explaining what happens after she gets this thing that she's been looking for. So I want you to listen and think about, like I said, how this plays out in the main character's life. Was it obvious? The whole, you know, being on the verge of falling victim to the bait of Satan If it were you instead, though, and you weren't just hearing this story and you were living this life and you're used to saying things like, I'm fine, everything's okay. Or even if you're not used to doing that, but you find yourself sometimes saying that when it's not true. Um, And I'll I'll explain how it's a lie. You may not realize you're living as well as the dangers of it. But again, if it were you instead and you were living the I'm fine, everything's okay lie. Would it still be as obvious as you think it was 
in listening to this story. Let's listen to me narrate this short story that I wrote and find out. Lena was exhausted with loneliness. Staring out the rain-spattered window of her neighborhood Starbucks, she sighed and cuffed her hot latte at the same time. Excuse me. Lena locked eyes with a spunky-looking blonde. Can I just say you are so beautiful? Sorry, I'm Stacy. I should have said my name first, huh? Lena managed to pull a smile through her face. Hi. Hi, Stacy. What's your name, beautiful? Lena, and thank you for the compliment. Lena wasn't in the mood for conversation. She purposely gave off a cold exterior to keep strangers at bay. But this Stacy lady didn't seem to get the picture. Pulling out the empty chair, Stacy lifted up Lena's burgundy coach purse and extended it across the table. Mind if I join you? Actually, I'm not really good company right now. Unaffected by rejection, Stacy pulled her bag back and placed it under the table by Lena's shiny leather heels. Oh, pish posh, I'll tell you if you're good company. Lena squirmed her body weight to the opposite side of her chair. Stacy thumped in the seat across from her, then leaned her chest forward to palm Lena's heart-shaped face. What color is that gorgeous lipstick? Lena squinted her eyes, laser-like, on the thin line of fine dirt peeking through her chipped, hot pink nail polish and jumped back. Please don't touch my face. I'm sorry, but I don't know you. Stacy laughed. So uptight you are. What's your deal, sweetie? Tense, she answered. My deal? Yeah, your deal. I see you sitting in here every single Tuesday night looking glum. So what's your deal? Lena thought to herself, is this woman stalking me? How does she know I'm here on Tuesday nights? Oh, don't get so scared, sweetie. I work part-time across the way at the little design shop. I get off at 7 every night, but my bus doesn't come to 7.35, so I sit in here until then. Oh, okay, Lena said, relieved. Relieved, I see. Boy, are you a piece of work, honey. Stacy suppressed her laugh, not sure if she could let it loose. So, what's your deal, sweetie? I don't really know how to answer that. You're a thinker, huh? Gotta think everything before you feel it. Lena paused, wondered if she should end Stacy's meddling and at the same time yearn for the company of conversation. I think we should all think before we act, Lena proceeded despite her hesitation. I didn't say before you act, I said before you feel, sweetheart. <laughs> Stacy tacked a grunt kind of laugh to the end of her last word. Lena threw her eyes into her latte lid hole and treaded lightly but firm. Well, I just prefer not to let my thoughts run wild. Why on earth would you do a silly thing like that? If I let my flesh control my thoughts, I'd be in a lot of trouble. Honey, we all need some trouble every now and then, trust me. Lena was always taught to tell herself what to feel, so her feelings wouldn't get the best of her. Stacy picked up on her thinking and interrupted, exaggeratedly with her hands. Every single Tuesday night, you look out the window staring pitiful-like. I decided yesterday I'm going to talk to that Tuesday girl the next time I see her. I call you Tuesday in my head, you know. You remind me of the daughter I never had, except I got a son. You should meet him. His name's Pat. Patrick to you, I suppose. I bet you like to be proper. Lena lifted up her left hand and wiggled her fourth finger. Stacy flapped her hand and asked what that had to do with anything. Lena told her it meant she was off limits to other men. But my Pat's a handsome kid, kind, like a shot of fire, too. You need that. 
Stacy leaned in to whisper, I can tell. You know, for someone who doesn't know who I am, you seem to know me quite well. There, you just stopped thinking. Now you're just talking. Nobody likes too much of that thinking there. That's spicy. Lena's phone alarm went off before she could figure out how to respond. Stacy noticed it said, time's up. What in the world? What are you timing your time? Jeez, honey, give yourself a real break. Lena bit her lips to keep another smile back. Something about Stacy made her feel alive. Thank you for analyzing me, Miss Stacy, but I have to go. It was actually kind of nice meeting you. Yeah, I bet I've been the most adventurous thing in your life lately, huh? Lena thought to herself ashamedly. Yes, you definitely are. And replied, maybe so. Oh, you know it's true, doll. You need more adventure. Never let yourself forget it since you like to tell yourself what to think and all that business. Lena grabbed her new bag off the floor and hurried out. She couldn't help but to think about all that Stacy had said to her driving home. She questioned why she thought before feeling, wondered what needing trouble meant, and felt embarrassed that her cold exterior was mistaken for pitifulness. Just last Sunday, the message in church challenged her to consider who was sent from where. Had God sent this Stacy across Lena's path, or was it the devil? A rough rest of the week had Lena pinned to her bed that weekend. She forced herself to complete unfinished reports from home, but kept falling asleep. Fuming that she couldn't stay awake, she slammed her laptop, plopped onto her sleeping side, and threw her expensive duvet over her head. In less than five minutes, she was out cold. Stacy showed up in her dream with Patrick. Pat was striking. Dressed like he had come straight from a Forbes magazine interview, he smiled at her strong but sweet and pointed at an empty chair. Sit with us, Lena. You're worthy of a long stare. Can I just stare at you? She felt her heart tap dance, her stomach tunnel. Her brain reminded that these feelings did exist, despite its seeming memory loss. Fiending for attention, she sat quickly, so quick, she didn't realize until after the fact how desperate it may have come across. But Lena was desperate for a spark, especially from a man. Pat opened his mouth to speak, but a loud, obnoxious alarm sound came out. Lena jumped up to her phone alarm, flashing. Wake up and finish your work. Disappointed that she'd missed Pat's next words, she silenced her alarm and fell back asleep. When she woke up later, she realized he hadn't come back. It got her to feeling Tuesday couldn't come fast enough. Stacy was right. Lena needed adventure. Since her husband seemed to have forgotten, she planned to see what adventure could come from meeting Pat. Hoping it would help her stay awake, she stood up to sit at her desk while thinking. Forget about thinking first. A yellow sticky note on the drawer handle caught her eye. Walking closer, she noticed it said, Open me. Inside sat two e-tickets to Brazil in a note that read, I'm sorry, I've let our marriage get boring. I see it's doing something to you and it's my fault. Forgive me, love, Derek. Tears ran away from the back of her mind and slipped out of her eyes. You've just listened to my short story, Thoughtless Tuesday. For more short stories, visit my website, ZaraHairston.com. The content you just heard is a copyrighted work. Please do not reproduce without permission. I love that story. I personally think I kind of like killed the uh, the accent of the lady in the coffee shop. I just, you know, went into my low zone or whatever. But if you love my writing in that story, you'll love my novel series, It Came to Pass. Book one in the series is available right now. I'll leave that link 
to it came to pass in the description but back to the issue at hand dealing with the i'm fine everything's okay lie before we get into the questions i asked prior to the story let's talk a little about the dangers of pretending that things are fine when they are not i grew up a seven-day adventist and then a non-denominational christian i am neither now But in Christianity, you were often taught to live by faith and see the best. And while I think it is absolutely necessary to live according to what the most high says about our situations and even to think from a positive mindset, I also have come to see how dangerous it can be for vulnerable individuals trying to use an incorrect understanding of faith and positivity within toxic relationships. In other words, I have seen with my own eyes and I myself have taken the responsibility of an abuser or a toxic person in the name of loving like quote unquote God. So many people have endured physical beatdowns, emotional torment, sexual manipulation, social trauma, and more in the name of love add religion to that mix and it often escalates and even turns into long suffering of those things I just mentioned in the name of not just love but the love of quote-unquote God and I want to take a moment to just say to anyone listening who's been manipulated into thinking that you must accept abuse or toxic behavior in order to demonstrate your love or faith in Yah that you are not alone. My heart goes out to you. I was you. I used to be dominated in romantic relationships. I was even socially oppressed and abused in a church circle. And no church leader in any case came to my rescue when they became aware and basically told me to submit better and love harder to win people to Christ. Today, I am so free from that demonic tradition and actually experience the true love of Yah in my relationships. It is so freeing, healthy, and like coming out of polluted air into clean, fresh, sunshined air. And I know sunshine is not a word, but that's what it feels like. Oh, I am just so thankful to have been delivered from that toxic way of thinking, which connected me to toxic people and environments. I hope that as Yah uses these podcasts to renew your mind, that you will also come to experience him in this way. It is so worth it. I want that for you. But you cannot get there pretending that everything is fine when it is not. By pretending, I mean you do things like minimize, where you present events as insignificant or unimportant. So your mother, for example, might lie and say she saw your spouse cheating. You confirm you were with your spouse the day and time she said she saw them, but she don't like them. So... And you know that, but you say, well, she's just concerned about me. It's a majorly big deal. And that divisive energy can end up leading you to divorce from a good man. And you minimize 
that toxic behavior by making it out to be minor. Or you might excuse where you create a reason to justify an act. Your spouse might constantly isolate you from healthy friendships so they can dominate you without interference. And you excuse their behavior saying, well, he's my husband. That's what husbands do. He's just being protective. While it's dominance, control, manipulation, gaslighting, and more, you excuse it away as something else more lighthearted. Another example of many is to what I call happy ended, where you assign some fairy tale ending to a very horror-like situation. It's like laughing in the middle of a movie murder scene, exclaiming, they'll live, watch. You're struggling financially, constantly embarrassed, losing opportunities, losing sleep, losing sanity, losing peace, losing, losing, losing. And they do not plan on sincerely changing any of their behaviors that contribute to it all. And you say, I just believe it will be okay. I don't really know how. And I'm not setting any real boundaries as action steps towards that. But somehow it will all just magically work itself out. But problems don't work themselves out. People do. Meaning it takes two. So that resolve when you happy end it only perpetuates delusion. I'll stop there with the examples. There are many others and they're all considered cognitive distortions. What are cognitive distortions? Somebody's asking that. They are exaggerated or irrational thought patterns involved. Now listen to this. In the onset of perpetuation of psychopathological states such as depression and anxiety. So that means making it a practice to minimize, excuse, happy end, or any other distortion of a situation leads to depression, anxiety, and so much more. In pretending things are not as bad as they really are, We deny our very valid emotions and experiences and train ourselves to fake a positive attitude. Notice that I didn't say a positive attitude, but a fake one. It's fine to have a positive attitude. However, it is dangerous to our very soul to pretend we are fine when we're hurting or angry or confused or any other adverse emotion. Those emotions are signs that something needs our immediate attention. Imagine stepping on a piece of thick glass at the pool. The middle of your foot is just gushing with blood and pulsating with pain. A lifeguard comes up to you to assist because you're dripping blood all over the place. And you laugh and say, oh, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Not healthy. 
It's one thing to think my foot is going to heal. My foot is going to heal on the way to getting medical attention as opposed to thinking my foot's infected and it's going to fall off. Oh no, I'm going to lose my whole foot. That's positive thinking versus negative thinking. But when your foot is sliced thick and dripping with blood and pulsating with infectious pain and you do not get medical attention claiming I'm fine, everything's okay, sounds senseless when you think about it like that, right? Well, when a relationship is sliced thick and dripping with blood, and pulsating with infectious pain and you say I'm fine everything's okay it works the same way trauma in childhood is so common we often don't realize it's the very thing destroying who we are as adults to move past it we have to go back to where it began it came to pass book one in the beginning visit it came to pass.com for more information that's it came the number two pass.com i know you have your reasons for doing that and we'll address that in a minute but first think about my story again yes lena gets the gift from her husband in the end but did she go on the trip and minimize excuse or happy end the very real issues that led her to be spotted acting fine like everything's okay in a coffee shop but really emitting a smell of fresh bait for satan is a gift enough or will she be right back in the same spot until she admits she was not okay and set some new boundaries for the health of their relationship have you just fell for the gift or phony apology or counterfeit tears or deceitful promises as the solution to the problems that made you pretend things are fine and never actually get to dealing with the things that had you pretending? There are dangers of pretending we're fine and everything's okay when it's not. We already talked about two of them. Anxiety, can't really rest. Sometimes that, that turns into anxiety attacks. Heart racing, palpitations. I mean, it's just like a constant state of fear sometimes. Um, also depression, where you're sad, you can't get out the bed. You're normally like great at what you do at work, but maybe you're calling out of work. Maybe you lost your job because you're depressed and you just want to sleep and you, you're just not motivated to do anything because this thing is just sucking you dry. But add to those two things, as if that's not already enough, anger outbursts, road rage, addictions like pornography, shopping, drinking, drugs, weight gain or weight loss, Burying in excessive activities, becoming emotionally unavailable, losing self-awareness, efficacy, care, infidelity, and the list goes on. One study even revealed that pretending to be fine leads to emotional drain 
and transforming into an inauthentic person relationally. So loving people who want to have a healthy relationship with you can't. Because the person you were before the toxic relationship ruined you is gone and they can't figure out who you really are. All from pretending, I'm fine, everything's okay. Meanwhile, the person causing the harm in the relationship goes on unaffected by everything, dragging you down under a soggy, dark cloud. And the more you ignore the problems, which you do because you think that'll make them go away, the more those problems actually grow. If it's that bad and it makes us feel so, why do we pretend then? Remember I said I'd come back to this, right? I didn't forget you. Well, sometimes the truth is just too overwhelming and it's an attempt to protect ourselves from painful feelings or obligations. In other situations, we may have been manipulated into thinking we are the quote unquote difficult person and we think we are avoiding conflict to keep them from getting angry with us when we should be the ones angry. That's why therapy and counseling or life coaching with the right person is so beneficial. And by right person, I mean, don't think just because someone has a title or degree that they're equipped to help you. While I've had life-changing experiences with a therapist and other counsel in my past, I've also been in the chairs and offices of licensed trained and degreed professionals who almost led me down the wrong path on my healing journey. If it were not for my own study and being committed to my own healing research and the Ruach, which is the Holy Spirit, I would not be healed. You know, some people can actually make your situation worse. It's the same as medical doctors. Some of them will just medicate you when you want healing or have treatment plans that do not cater to you culturally. So you have to visit a few of them before you find the one who fits you and you feel who really cares and can help. Same thing if you're having trouble reaching your emotional growth goals, a skilled and anointed professional can truly help a committed person get there. But be selective with who you allow to join you on your healing journey. In any case, we don't have to pretend our relationship isn't bleeding. Picture a child you love with a fever of 105 and you faking that they're okay. They could die if you keep ignoring that. Listen, the more we fake it, the worse our emotional state will snowball. It is okay to give ourselves permission not to say we're okay and everything's fine when we feel like we're literally cracking and breaking into unrecognizable pieces of ourselves. And it's hurting bad. It's critical to recognize when we are not well and are struggling, hurt, scared, or angry, and not to fake that. Because after all, what kind of love wants you to pretend you're okay when it's not getting any better or actually getting worse. Remember, love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. I'm Zara Hairston, sending you the comfort 
of truth. Do you need more individualized support to identify, overcome, and prevent toxic attachments? Your need and my expertise might just be a match. Go to ZaraHairston.com slash coach me to find out. Yeah, bless. Thanks for enjoying this podcast. 